Well, good morning, man. It's so good to see you guys. Welcome to Better Life Church. In fact, look at the person sitting beside you and say, hey, you look good today. Go and tell them, say, hey, you look good today. Yeah. Now look back at your second choice and say, hey, you don't look bad yourself. You know what I'm saying? We want to welcome you. If this is your first time or first time in a long time, we are one church in two locations. We have a church in Grayson, and because of technology, we're able to broadcast right now to our Grayson campus. We also want to welcome everybody watching online. Thank you for tuning in. You know, we're in this series called Family Vacation because this is the time where people begin to plan to go on vacations. And last week, we talked about if you're going to have a healthy family, a good family, it takes a lot of hard work. And so we talked about the preparation of the family, how to get prepared, and what are some things we could do to have a great family. And, and continuing that series of family vacation, this is one of the funnest things too. Like, how many of you like to go on vacation? Come on, get your hand up. You like to go on vacation? It's two hands. I see it, double hands. Like, after last year, we all need two vacations. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, we love to go on vacation. But here's one thing when it comes about vacations. How do you fund that vacation? Like, who was financing the vacation? Like, how do you know that if, yes, we've got a great family, but how do we win with our money to actually finance or actually go on vacation? For instance, how many of you love to spend when you're on vacation? Come on, get your hand up. It's okay, my hand's up, right? Right, it's vacation. You know what that means? Swipe and go. Just swipe and go. It'll take us 12 months to pay for it, but just swipe and go. Come on now, right? I'm preaching to somebody. Like, yeah, we love to do that. But here's the, question, here's the big thing. How do we get in position, even financially, to finance the trip? to pay for the trip. We love vacations, but how do we do that? You know, my daughter, before the pandemic hit, I know we take turns praying around the table as a family and it's her turn to pray. And, and she began to pray. And every time she prayed, she would pray, God, take me to Disney. God, take me to Disney. I mean, you talking about name it, claim it. That girl's claiming it, y'all. Like, God, take me to Disney. Take me to Disney. And of course, I'm sitting there listening to it. And then if you would pray at the table and you forget to mention go to Disney, she would say, uh-uh, quit praying, go to Disney. T tell God we're going to Disney. I'm like, right, then the pandemic hit and stuff. So now guess what happened? The Spirit of the Lord is on her and she is praying again. <laughs> like, it's time to go. I'm like, okay, okay. Because even we love to go on vacation, but have you counted the cost? And so I was like, okay, you know, let's go check. We got a family, we got four kids, and so there's six of us. If we travel, if we flew down, we're not flew down, if we rent a van, it probably costs cheaper to fly than rent a van right now. Can I get away? Like, and all this. And next thing you know, you start pulling up what it costs to take the whole family, you're like, honey, your, your brother's going to college next year, and this is almost all of his college fund. No. <laughs> like, you can watch a Disney movie, I'll get you some sparklers, and you can have fireworks outside, but I don't know if we're going to be able to do this, right? It's one thing to want to go on vacation, but how do you fund it? And this is one of my favorite things to talk about. This is one of my favorite things to help people, because I want people to win with their money. I haven't talked about this in about a year and a half now, and now I think it's time for us to get ready to figure out how do you live a full funded life. How do, what would you do in your life if money was no issue? I didn't say, what would you buy? I didn't say, where would you go? What would you do? Like, what would you be able to do if it was money was no issue in your life? We've got to learn how to handle our money and deal, and deal with it God's way. God talks more about money than he does heaven and hell and grace and love combined. There's a reason for that, because think about it. How much of your life and time is spent on, if you think about it, money? How I'm going to make it? How I'm going to save it? Where I'm going to put it? How do I invest it? How I put my kids through college? How do I put food on the table? How do we pay the next bill? How do we pay the credit card? All these things, your mind is going to be competing for them, and God knew that. So there's some things He wants us to do when it comes to when it was made. Because, listen, here's what I'm tired of. I'm tired of hearing people saying, I, I hate what I do. I really wish I could do what I, I really wish I could do what I love to do. The problem is, I just don't have the money. Or, I wouldn't make enough money. 
I hear this all the time. People say, I wanna go back to school, but I can't afford it. I wanna start a business, but I can't afford it. I've heard ladies say over and over, I wish I could be a stay-at-home mom. I just don't have the money to do it. I gotta find the means to make it. I wish I could travel more. I wish I, I could do more. I wish I could give more. I hear these things all the time, and I'm thinking, well, why don't you do those? Because most people don't know how to do it. Most people just live paycheck to paycheck. Here's how you know you're in trouble. If you're making the minimum payments on all your credit cards and your loans, you're in trouble. That's a mindset. This is what you can change. Because so many people say, well, my grandpa was broke, my dad was broke, I'm broke, they lived in poverty, I'm living in poverty, I'm gonna be impoverished. That is a mindset and a generational curse that you could break today. It's all right here. You can choose to do this. No longer am I gonna live like this. If you're consistently thinking and worrying about money, there's a problem. There's a problem. If you have consolidated all of your notes and loans together for a lower payment only to think it helps you, but now you're in a worse situation than you were before, you're in problem or you're in trouble. There's a problem right there. If you are paying your monthly bills with your credit card, definitely there's a problem. There's definitely a problem there. Like if you finance the dog, you're broke. You know what I'm saying? Come on now, right? right. You finance the dog, right? Something, something is not right. If you have the mindset, I can't tithe because I can't afford it, something's wrong. There's a, there's, a, there's a thought process, there's something wrong there. If you are arguing about money all the time as a spouse, as a couple, something is wrong. Listen to me, young people, especially college students. I know you guys are back home and you're watching this online right now through December, but listen, most college students are graduating with 40, 50, 60, up to $100,000 of student loan debt. And one of the toughest things, marriage is tough enough, it's always tough when you bring money problems in a mix, which written down right now is the number one causes for divorce in our country. So you got two young people getting married and both of them bringing fifty dollars to $100,000 in debt. They bring Sally Mae into the relationship. Come on now, you know what I'm talking about, right? She's there. She ain't going to her. You can't even get rid of her without bankruptcy. She will be there forever, right? Until you pay her off. You need to learn how to do this now. Learn how to begin to win now. And listen to me, it's never too late. Some of you right now, you say, Pastor, I'm just so far, man. I'm just so far behind, or I'm just too old. There's no way. Listen, it's never too late to live a fully funded life. You could do this. In fact, that's what John 10, 10, it says this, the enemy comes to steal, kill, destroy, but Jesus says, I've come that you can have abundant life, a full life. You know what that means? A surplus. When the enemy takes something from you with Jesus, you will always have enough. We like to say a better life than you ever dreamed of. If you have trouble sleeping because you're worried about bills and money, there's a problem. If you have no written plan for your money, there is a problem. If you've maxed out all your credit cards, listen, there is a problem. And here's what I want for you. I want you to win with your money. I want you to do everything that God has put you on this earth to do and not live paycheck to paycheck. You've got to get in position. I refuse to listen to these lies and limited beliefs anymore that this poverty, scarcity mindset anymore. No. That money, it, 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 people think all the time, if you have money, you must have done something wrong. Like you've cheated something. And the reason why you believe that is because you're jealous of them. Because you want what they have. For some people, you think, I've always had a car payment. I might as well keep a car payment. I'm always gonna have one. In fact, pastor, you won't believe this. They can get me at the same payment I'm paying now. They just tacked on $25,000 more debt though. Come on now, right? It doesn't take a lot of common sense to figure this out. Like, how do I do this? And no one teaches these things today. I mean, think about our education system. No one's teaching kids how to win with their money. Like, this is one of the greatest things you could ever teach your kid is how to win with their money. We have broke finance professors teaching finance, and they broke. Like, something wrong here. 
Like we've got to teach people how do you do this? In fact, and especially here at the church, we've got to teach people how do you win with this? How do you win with your money to live a fully funded life to do everything that God has called you to do, that you can be financially independent? But here's the warning. Money has no feelings, has no emotions. It's completely neutral. And people will say all the time, and they misquote it. Here's what they'll say. Well, they'll, they'll say, money is the root of all of evil. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says the love, the drive, the passion for it is what is evil. You take money and put it to a good person's hand, they can use it to bless people and change the world. You can take the same money and put it to somebody's toxic and negative, and they can do it for destruction and hurt people around them. Money is neutral. It's not a bad thing. But how do you handle it and do it the way God wants you to do it? And here's something else you know about money. Money magnifies you. What do you mean by that? If you're broke and you're a jerk, you will be a bigger jerk when you get more money. It magnifies you. If you're greedy and you have a little bit, you will be greedy when you have a lot. If you are generous with a little, then you would be generous with a lot. It only, it only makes you more of who you already are. So if you don't like who you are, you better change yourself before you start getting some. Before God begins to bless those things come in your life, it only magnifies you. People say all the time, well, pastor, if I had it, I would give it. Listen, if you're not giving out of your poverty, you will not give out of your abundance. It makes you more of who you already are. And so that's what we're gonna focus on today. How do I win with it? How do I live a fully funded life to do everything that God has called me to do? Are you glad you came this morning? <laughs> Five of you, all right. Y'all ready to get started? Say, let's go. I'm telling you, listen to me, listen to me. This can change your family tree. You can break the generational curse. And what I'm about to share with you today, I'm telling you, I tell you this all the time, if you take notes, this is one thing that you, especially if you're married, you need to go home and do it. Listen, listen, if you have any income, you need to be ready for this and plan for this. And this is what my wife and I have been doing for the last 21 years. We have walked this out, I'm telling you, over and over and over, actually 22, over and over and over. And I'm telling you, this works. And I want you to experience what the freedom when it comes when it comes to doing what God asks you. And God has a complete plan in his Bible. And we're gonna walk through that, a complete plan on how to live a fully funded life. And that fires me up because I'm tired of hearing people say, you can't do it. Listen, when my, my wife and I, when we started, and I started pastoring a church, I was my taxable income, that it was $14,000 a year. We lived in a 16 by 16 mobile home with two kids and my wife wasn't working outside the home. Listen, this works. It doesn't matter if people say, well, you don't know, I just, I just passed the point. This works, I'm telling you, just do it God's way. I dare you to try this because it will work. If you're serious about breaking these financial curses in your life, breaking the generational curse and the mindset and the limited belief that I'll always have to be broke or always live impoverished, that is not true. You can break that today and I'm gonna show you how this works. I'm gonna walk you through it. If you're taking notes, here's the first thing you gotta do. You ready? You gotta bring it. You gotta bring it. Look at the person sit beside and say, bring it. Tell them, you gotta bring it. What in the world do you mean by bring it? Listen to what the scripture says. In Malachi 3, it says this. Bring all, everybody say all. All. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. I'm gonna talk about tithes in a second. Into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple if you, see that word if, that's a condition. 
This is a conditional blessing. This ain't has nothing to do with salvation. This is not like you're going to get me to heaven. You can't give your way to heaven. You can't earn your way to heaven. That's why God sent his son, Jesus. It's a condition. If you, I will. What will God do? If I bring it, what will he do? He says this. I love this. If you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Just throwing that in there, by the way. Like, I'm the Lord of all the armies, of all the angels. Right? Just throwing that in there. If you, I will open the windows of heaven for you and I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. The only place in the Bible where God says, test me. Test me. Test me. I talked about this last series. When God speaks, you have a choice. I will believe him or I won't believe him. And what you do next will determine what you really believe about God. He says, bring it and test me. Test and see if I don't bless you. Test and see if I don't help you. Test and see if I don't come through with you. So many people say, I can't tithe because I'm broke. That's why you're broke. Start putting God first and start winning first and start saying, God, what's yours is yours. It's his. The Bible says all through the scripture, the first fruits, the tithe belongs to the Lord. It's his. So many people, they want to designate the tithe. It's not you're to designate. I want to give a little bit to that charity, a little bit to that charity, a little bit of this charity, and then want to designate it. It's not you're to designate. It belongs to the Lord. You bring a tithe to him. Now, listen, why tithe? Why 10? Like, you ever thought about that? Why 10? Why not 70%? Why not, the, why not, the, why not seven, like the, the, the complete number of completion? Seven. Why not seven? Why 10? Well, when you start reading your Bible and you start understanding this, 10 just represents the test. For, for, for instance, we could go back. How many plagues did God send to test Pharaoh's heart? 10. Oh, that's, oh my goodness, it's amazing. 10. 10's the answer, okay? Follow with me. 10. Like, right? And I, we, I just dropped my son off in northern Kentucky and all those cicadas and locusts, and I don't know the difference, and you could talk all about their wings and all the stuff. I don't know the difference between the two, but they swarmed you. They're so loud. I'm like, can Egypt just get out of here? You know what I'm saying? Like, it was all over the place, right? 10. How many commandments did Moses bring off the mountain to test the Israelites' hearts? 10. How many days did Daniel test himself with not eating what the king wanted, but eating what he thought God wanted him to eat, the good food? How many days of testing did he go through? Ten. How many virgins in the New Testament with the lamps and the oil that come and they were going to test and see who could have, who would have their lamps and their oils filled at a certain time? How many were tested? How many disciples were they? There are 12. Sorry, I can't tell that one. Ah, I got you, right? There are 12 disciples, not 10, right? So there's so. 10. So what's this? What's this? What 10 just means testing. That's all it means. And every time you get paid, you take a test. Every time. Every single time you get paid. Whether you babysit and someone paid you $50, you take a test. Am I going to trust God that he bring to him and I'm going to take $5 back to him and bring it? Now, why does God do a percent? Because it's fair. Now, watch this. The same person who babysitted and made $50 and tied $5. Watch this, watch this. To the same person over here who gave $5,000 of their tithe. Watch this. The, the principle is the same. I will bless you in both. Whether you give five or you give 5,000, it's the same blessing, which means this: anyone can do it. No matter how much, listen, tithing is not how much money. It's not a broke issue. It's not even a budget issue. It's a heart issue. Are you gonna choose to trust 
the one who just blessed you and bring it to him? Are you gonna choose? And the problem is, watch this, here's a problem. The more money you make, the less you give in percent. In fact, you could go do all the research. In fact, only, 10, only 2% of Christians across the world tithe. That tells you what they believe about God. Not about they don't make enough money or their budget. That really tells you what they trust. He says, if you, I will. In fact, the more money you make, the harder it will, be, it, will be, it will be for you to tithe. You know why? You know what the wealthy say? You know why? Because of taxes. Wealthy people say, I pay too much in taxes, therefore I can't give 10%. So what happens, they give more in a dollar amount, but not in percentage. God is in percentages, not amounts, because it's equal. It would be fair. So no matter if you're the little widow, I, I'll never forget, I went and visited this lady. She was 87 years old. She's in a shut-in. And I went and visited her and said, hey, Pastor Daniel. And we're sitting there talking. I'm loving her. She's a sweet, sweet, sweet lady. And she goes, oh, while you're here, hold on a second. She goes over here and she grabs her checkbooks and, and she pulls out a little check. And she writes her $5 tithe check right off her Social Security. And I'm sitting there going, <laughs> I'll pay your tithe for you. Don't give five dollars. I'll give five bucks. Just keep you know, I'm like, no, just good. And she goes, no, I always want to put God first in everything I do. Doesn't matter the little or the amount. The blessing is the same. The blessing is the same. And most people don't understand this. They think the church just wants your money. The church just wants my money. Wait, listen, the church ain't after your money. How long have you been coming? You, 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 if you're not here just for a second, you'll realize that. This church has given over a million dollars away to our community and partnerships and missions all over the world in the last 13 years. Do you know that? Listen, we, when we were building this building, we didn't even do a building campaign. We didn't even, even ask you to pledge, which I don't have a problem with that because you pledged 30 year to your mortgage. You pledged one year to your lease, five year to your car. Like there's nothing wrong. You make pledges every time you take out a note. So we didn't ask you, here's what we said. What do we say? Listen to Jesus, do whatever he tells you to do. Whatever he tells you to do, and that's what you do. And that's what, how God has come through. And let me tell you what, if you'll begin to do this one first, this is the first one. Every time you get paid, you take a test. God, and you bring it to him, God will move in your life. Listen to me. I'm telling you, you can't outgive him. And so every month when we get paid, the first of the month, the first thing that comes off is we take 10% of our income, of our gross income. People say, do I tithe on my net or my gross? Do you want God to bless you on your net or your gross? The Bible says all that he has given you. So I bring a 10% of our gross income, and then we give another 5% of our gross income as an offering. There's a difference between a tithe and an offering. A tithe belongs to him. An offering is my free will gift. That's where if you wanna give a gift to a charity or to a nonprofit organization or whatever you choose to give to, that is an offering. That's not the tithe. The tithe don't belong to you. It's the Lord's. And you can read that all the way through the scripture. But an offering, you can choose to give an offering to wherever you want to want. We love this church more than anything else. So we give a 5% of our gross to an offering to the Lord, to this church. Because we say, God, we trust you. Thank you for what you've done. And so we, we, we do it. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you can't outgive him. Try it. I'm telling you, this stuff works. I mean, come on, we just got a stimulus check. And when we get a stimulus check, what do we do? God, thank you for providing. And we gave 15% of our, offer, of our stimulus check to the Lord because the Lord sent it that way. It used $4 trillion that was given to the economy, right? But it came my way. So, okay, that's how you give to us. Why? because we're gonna honor God with everything he gives us. The first fruits belong to him. I love what Proverbs three, I was reading this the other day and I just wanted to share this. I love this, it says, honor the Lord with your wealth 
And with the best part, your translation may say, first fruits of everything you produce, everything that I give you. And then, here's the condition, if you do that, then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. You know what the problem is? You know why so many people live in scarcity and poverty and broke? It's because they don't bring it. They don't trust him. Here's what they say. I believe God will save me to take me to heaven. And I put enough faith in him that I'm not gonna go to hell, I'm gonna go to heaven. But I don't know if he can provide for my family. I don't know if he can put food on the table. I don't know if he can actually help me get my kids through college. You see the mindset? Why? It's a lie, a limited belief, and a lie that we believe that God has enough faith in God to take me to heaven but not provide for me. He is Jehovah Jireh. He will provide for you. And he says, test me. The only place, test me and see. So the first thing you gotta do, this is the first way if you're gonna win with your money, is you gotta bring it. Here's the second thing you gotta do, you gotta direct it. You've got to tell it where to go. You've got to direct your money and tell it where to go. You're the boss, you own it. Like you're the manager of this. God owns it all, and we give, bring back to him what belongs to him, and then what we have left, he wants us to direct it. And watch this, he tells us some steps to take. How do we direct it? And Proverbs 27, this is kind of maybe speak to you right now because they're all over the place. Know the state, I'm sorry, not this, that's the next one, just a moment. Proverbs 27 says, know the state of your flocks, put your heart into caring for your herd. Now, most of you, unless you're a farmer, you probably don't have flocks. You probably, if you, if you have a little farm, you probably know how many head of cattle and how many chickens you have and stuff like that. But most of us are not farmers. But he says this, know the state of your flocks and put your heart into caring for your herd. For riches don't, Last forever, and the crown might not be passed, watch this, to the next generation. What is he saying? You better know and have a handle on your financial situation. And most people don't. I was talking to this girl. She was 33 years old. She makes $32,000 a year. She has no kids. She is not married. And she looked at me and she said, I only have $100 in my checking account and my savings account. And then she said this, I have no idea where it goes. And I'm like, that's the stupidest thing I've heard. Like, what do you mean? I have, it just disappears. I have no idea where I go. I said, tell you what, bring me your last two bank statements and your credit card statements, and I'll tell you where it goes. You see what I'm saying? When you, you can trace this, you can track this. That is knowing the state of your flock. Where's it going? People's like, well, if I just keep $5,000 in my checking account, as long as it's around 5,000, pastor, I'm doing pretty good. If it goes below that, oh, I get stuff. If it goes above it, we're going to Malone's. You know what I'm saying? Right? And, you, like, and that's what your state of your flock, you just got it on based on what's left in the checking or the savings. The Bible says, know the state of your flock. Let me tell you one of the number one numbers that you need to know right now, and most people have no idea what it is. What is your net worth? What is your net worth right now, today? Do you know that? What do you mean by that? If you sold off all of your assets and then you paid off all of your debt, you sold everything and paid off everything. What do you have left in your hand? What would be left? For most people, they'd be in the hole. It'd be negative. You have a negative net worth. What is that number? You need to know that number. You need to go home and figure up that number very quickly. It's easy to figure up. I had a guy one time, I sat down with, he said, let's sit down, let's walk through and let's see where you are. He was so embarrassed, he wouldn't sit down with me to figure out what his net worth was because he knew he was in the hole and he was embarrassed of it. I said, listen to me, don't be embarrassed about it because you don't know where you're going until you know where you are. Until you know where you are, how do you have a plan to know where you're going? 
But he wouldn't even sit down and say, no, I'm embarrassed. I don't, I don't, I'm embarrassed to see because I, I know I'm negative in the home. And I shouldn't be because I'm in my 40s. And I shouldn't be upside down. I said, welcome. Most people are. Do you know that number? That's a number that you need to know. Do you know how much you have in savings? Do you know what your monthly expenses are? Do you know how much it costs a month to live? Do you know these things? Do you know how much debt you have? How much life insurance? Do you have disability insurance? Like you're just like, man, is this a class? It is. This is how you learn to win with your money. It's not just about bringing it. That's one thing. Okay, bring it. But then what are you doing with the rest of it? Are you winning with your money? Do you have a plan? Do you have a will? Listen to what Proverbs 21. I love Proverbs. I read through it all the time. Proverbs is full of wisdom. It says this, good planning and hard work leads to prosperity. Good planning, diligence, hard work leads to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts leads to poverty. Listen, if you're going to learn how to direct it, You've got to get on a budget. One of my best friends in the ministry, Joe Sangle, he came up with this, he teaches over and over and over, but income minus your expenses should equal zero. That means every time money comes in, you should direct it where it should go and to zero your income out. Do you know what your expenses? Do you know what your income? Do you track these things? Where's one of the first places that I direct it, okay? I bring it, Lord, that's yours. I set that aside, that's yours. Now what do I do with the rest? You direct it. One of the first places we would do it is in savings. You need to have a savings. You need to save up. Do you have a savings account? Do you have anything in your savings account? Listen, this is what I was saying while I go because these are out right now. Proverbs 6, watch this. Take lessons from ants. Take lessons from ants, you lazy bones. Learn from their ways and become wise. What do you mean ants are wise? Though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, no one makes them work, they labor hard all summer gathering food for the winter. They are, in, they are saving and storing up for a rainy day. It's coming. For instance, no one knew a pandemic was gonna hit last year. The government put $4 trillion into the economy to try to keep everybody afloat. If they did not do that, if you didn't get any extra unemployment, what would have happened to you last year? Could you have made it? Could you have made it? Learn from the ants. Though you can't predict the future, though you don't know what it holds, he's not saying hoard it. He says, you better have something saved. You better be in position for when it comes because we could be right around the corner from pandemic number two. Are you ready? Would you have made it? Some people didn't. A lot of people did only because someone stepped in and put $4 trillion out there to make sure it stays afloat. That can't happen forever. Will you be in position when it doesn't? That's why it's important to say. So the first place, we'll make sure we got it here. In case something happens, we are ready for the rainy day. Here's the second thing you do, uh, I would do or direct it, is you need to invest it. You need to invest the next step. You need to invest it somewhere. You need to put it somewhere. In fact, I would encourage you, though, to invest in things like assets, not liabilities. What's the difference? You know the difference between an asset and liability? Poor, the poor and middle class buy liabilities and they think they're assets. They think they're assets like a boat. That's not an asset. New vehicles, jet skis. Are there anything wrong with them? Absolutely, there's nothing wrong with them but you buy them thinking that they're assets. They're not assets, they're liabilities. Now watch this, anything that takes money out of your pocket is a liability. If it takes money out of my pocket, it's a liability. I teach this over and over and over to my kids, over and over and over. Anything that puts money in your pocket is an asset. 
So we're creating, we've created a rule that we, very, we strive to do is that we don't buy liabilities until we have an asset to pay for the liability. You follow me? That's how that begins to work. So we invest in assets that will pay for liabilities. So we don't buy it unless something is helping to pay for it. Most people won't think that way. They just wanna buy liabilities and liabilities and liabilities and you say, you know what? I'm always gonna have a credit card payment. Why not make the minimum? Swipe and go, swipe and go. I'm always gonna have a car payment. Why not just make them get another car and keep this, make the same payment amount? And you're wondering why we're living paycheck to paycheck. You need to do it. You need to invest in something that pays you. And this is one thing that I would talk about like passive income, whether that's a stocks that have dividends that come in quarterly, that's passive income. A guy looked at me and they said, you can't make money while you're asleep. I said, yeah, you can. It's called dividends. It's called real estate. There's CDs, something that makes money while you sleep. Yes, it's called passive income. And most people, and no one is teaching our kids this stuff. No one in our, in our colleges are teaching these things. I'm like, this is, financial education is one of the greatest education anybody can ever have. And it's never too late to learn. You can learn that right now. Abra Einstein said that compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world and it's the most startling thing he's ever encountered in his entire life. One of the smartest men who've ever lived. And most people never pay attention to this. You can start now. It's never too late to start investing for the future, investing in your life. Don't waste it. I love what Proverbs 13, 11 says. It says, dishonest money, dishonest money dwindles away, but who gathers, watch this, money little by little, makes it grow. It's a little bit, make it grow. Invest it, invest it, invest it. So watch this, it comes in, I'm gonna bring it, I'm going to save it, and now I'm going to invest it. And then the next thing is I'm gonna repay it. I need to pay my debt. What debts you have, you need to pay those debts. After I've bring it, I've saved it, I've invested it, and now I'm gonna pay it. And here's the problem, most of you can't do that. You gotta pay it first because I'm paycheck to paycheck. I'm behind. You've taken in more than what you needed or you bought more liabilities than you needed. Some of you, you might have to amputate the jet ski. You may have to let it go for a while, right? You may have to get rid of some of your things. I have friends over and over and over. They had all these liabilities, campers, boats, and all these stuff. And you say, you know what? We let that go, got our financial house in order. And now it's better than it's ever been before. You can do this but you've got to repay it. Proverbs 22, seven says, the borrower is slave to the lender. The borrower is slave to the lender. Listen to me, your credit card debt is the most expensive loan that you can ever have. It's the most expensive loan, and some of you are just paying the minimum payments. The most expensive loan. Listen, it is not a sin to borrow money, but it is a sin not to repay it. And as believers, when we go into something, we do everything in our best and our power to, and I know some things have happened in your life, things came to your situation, situations happen, and divorce, and, and bankruptcies, and situ I understand that. But the attitude of it is, if I get it, I'm gonna repay it. The Bible says in Psalms 37, the wicked borrow and never repay. They borrow it knowing up front, I'm not gonna give that back. But the godly are generous givers. If you owe it, pay it. If you have too much, start getting rid of stuff that are liabilities to get out of that debt. So when it comes to me, I'm gonna bring it, I'm gonna save it, I'm gonna invest it, I'm gonna repay it, and then I'm gonna give it. And this is where you begin to learn this, to build in your character generosity. 
My wife and I, we, when we, we did our budget, we sit down and we said, okay, we have a blessing fund. And the blessing fund is a fund that we, if we wanna bless people, we have it, we're ready, we budget for it, we can bless people. If God says, buy someone's meal, we buy the meal. Buy them grocery, buy them grocery. Bless someone, bless someone. It's a blessing fund. And here's what's so amazing about that. You don't have to be a lot. You could put $5 in it. Start. Start there. I'm gonna bless them. I'm gonna help someone. I'm gonna be generous. Why? Because God blesses the generous. The generous will prosper. It's not about amount. God doesn't care about amounts. It's about a heart. He looks at your heart. And listen to me, you could, you could be a college student. You could be, listen, you could be a teenager and you babysit and you could say, I'm gonna take $2 and, and I'm gonna build it up to it's like 10 and I'm gonna bless somebody. I'm gonna buy them a meal. I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy them something. I'm, I'm gonna buy them some groceries. It doesn't matter the amount. What you do though is you begin to build in your character who you are as a generous person so that now when you give five, eventually you'll be able to get a 500. And folks, that's fun. That's fun when you get to that place to be able to help and bless people. And watch this. Anybody can do it. Anybody can do it. The question is, do you want to do it? Will you take God at his word? Proverbs eleven twenty five 25 says, the generous will prosper and those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Folks, listen, I'm not talking about prosperity gospel. I don't know where you come from. Prosperity gospel says, if I believe in Jesus, I'm gonna be rich and wealthy and never have acne again. That is not that is not true. Or around here, it's not the prosperity gospel, it's the poverty gospel. Which means if you're a Christian, you should live impoverished. If you're a Christian, you shouldn't have nice things. If you're a Christian, you shouldn't live there. If you're a Christian, you shouldn't drive there. And that was a mindset that I have because I would, I would, I would I have anything growing up. And I remember the first time I ever got a new car. I was so embarrassed that I was driving a new car. I would park away from the church parking lot when I was 22, 23 years old so people in the church didn't see me get out of a new car because what they would think about me. That is a lie, a limited belief, and a impoverished mindset when you don't have nothing and then you finally have something. What are people gonna think about you now because you have something? And I would park away so people wouldn't see me get out of a Camry that I saved up and paid cash for because of what people in the church would think of a student pastor driving a new Camry that they had no idea I paid cash for it. How did I get to do that? Exactly what I'm telling you today. You bring it, you save it, you invest it, you repay it, you give it, and then the last thing, and this is what most of us, we're waiting for right here. Watch this, you enjoy it. You should enjoy the fruit of your labor, the Bible says. And a lot of people are trying to enjoy it, but listen, they're robbing God. So you have a choice. I can either steal it or bring it. I can rob God, or I can say, God, I trust you with everything I have that belongs to you, and you're the owner of it. And as you've put me here for a while, I will manage what you want me to manage and my question is, are you managing it well? For instance, if you worked at a Fortune 500 company and you were over all their finances and you ran the business finance the way you run your personal finance, would they fire you? And for most of us, let's just face it, we're not winning with our money. But today that changes. Today it changes. You can change your generation. It changes right here. No longer am I gonna be broke. No longer am I gonna live paycheck to paycheck. I'm gonna do the hard work it takes to get out of debt, 
win with my money, to live a fully funded life. You know what? Maybe I can do the things that I wanted to do. Maybe I don't have to work the job I work anymore. I could take a less paying job, but it's something I love to do because now I don't have this to pay for, the debt to pay for it. Do you see what I'm saying? All the stress and things that bring on your life. And here, listen, here's the crazy thing about it. It's just a test. I don't like tests. Do you like taking tests? But it's a test. And if you'll pass this test, it's very easy. Every one of us can do it. God says, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to bless you. In fact, if you keep ruling Malachi, he says, I'm going to hold the devil back from coming and getting the rest of the stuff that you have. What a promise from God. I love Ecclesiastes 6, 9 says this, enjoy what you have rather than desiring what you don't. Just dreaming about nice things is meaningless. It's like chasing the wind. Enjoy it. Not hoard it. When I say save, I don't mean to hoard. Enjoy it. You're not promised tomorrow, so live today. So every time situations come to, my, to me and my wife, we always will sit down and we'll look. Are we robbing God? No, we're not. We're, being, we're bringing back the tithe. We're giving him an offering. How are we living? Can we afford that? Can we do that? Are we saving? Are we investing? Are we repaying? Are we still generous? We're not gonna leave anything to keep us from blessing people. Can we do that? great. We have this much left over. What do you want to do? Let's enjoy it and spend the time with our family and our kids and do the things that we want to do. How do you get there? Little by little, step by step. And listen, we want to help you do that. Here's your homework assignment. I want you to go home and for the next 30 days, all I want you to do is this. I want you to write down every single thing you spend you buy. Every time you spend a penny, I want you to write it down. Just write it down. Just write it down. You go to Walmart groceries, write it down. For, for some of you, soon it's going to be like Starbucks, 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 Hibachi. Starbucks, Hibachi, Hibachi, right? Starbucks, right? I mean, it's coming, right? It's going to be there. Just write it down. Grocery, spent. Lowe's, food, insurance, taxes. Write it down. Just write it down. That's all I want you to do. Just write it down. Can you, this is, the, this is how the Bible says, know your flock, write it down. And then watch this, take your salary or your check or what you brought home and compare the two. Am I spending more than I am making? If you are in the red, you'll never ever experience financial freedom. You have the power to fix that. But if I'm in the green and I spent 2,000 and I made 2,500, and I got an extra 500, what are you gonna do with that? How do you direct it? And we wanna help you learn how to win with that so that you can live a fully funded life. So if that's you, you can go to barrellife.church forward slash, watch this, finances. We have forms, we have free financial coaching. That's completely, you know, uh, no one knows about that for free. They'll help you, people will help you. And I know what some of you are thinking, I'm embarrassed, man. I'm, I don't want you kind of, I don't want nobody to help me know my financial situation. Listen, that's a lie from the devil and that's full of pride. Swallow your pride. It's not about you. It's about changing your family tree. It's about what the Bible says. A, a blessed is a man who lives, a, he lives an inheritance to his children's children. That's what we're talking about. And this can be you if you'll just do what God says to do. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads.
You know, for some of you this, this morning, that's a, that's a hard message. It's a reality check because you're spenders or you're buyers or you don't really don't care. You're just like, you know, just swipe go. As long as I can make the payments. But tonight we have a child dedication service and as parents, remember I said this, we reproduce who we are. And that's not the legacy and that's not the generation things that we want to leave behind. So why don't you make a pledge today? I'm no longer going to have this scarcity mindset. I'm no longer going to have this poverty mindset. Today's a new day. I'm going to begin to do what the Word of God says. I'm going to trust Him, how I'm going to save it and spend it and enjoy it. I'm going to do what He says. Because what you're doing now is not working. Try it. Just try it. And you'll be like the countless of hundreds of people who did the same thing and God radically changed their life. Remember, it's a heart issue. It's not a broke issue. It's not a budget issue. It's a heart issue. Just align your heart up and say, God, I trust you. I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna put you to the test. Not to get. If you give to get something back, your motives are impure and God won't bless that. If you were ever under a teaching that guilts you to give, or tells you if you'll give, you will get. Listen, that means your motives are impure. You never give to get. But if you give to give, you know what's amazing? <laughs> you'll get. It's a heart issue. It's a heart issue. And maybe the reason you struggle, it might just be because you need Jesus to give you a new heart. And today, while you're here, you can get a new heart, a new life. You can start over by giving your life to Jesus. He says, if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that he's the boss, he owns it all anyway, that he is Lord, and confess my sins, guess what? He will forgive you. So right where you are today, whether you're watching online or at Grayson Campus or all over the world, doesn't matter where, if you're listening to this, why don't you right now to say, Jesus, I believe. I believe you came for me. I believe you died for me. And I believe you got up out of the grave for me. And as best as I know how, I surrender my whole life to you. Forgive me of my sin. And help me follow you all the days of my life. I believe if you pray that prayer with me, guess what? God just radically changed your life. I believe the scripture. Whoever calls upon the name Lord will be saved. We wanna know so we can celebrate with you. And we're here to help you take any steps, whether it's financial steps, your next step in baptism, come on July 4th, come on, that's gonna be amazing. We wanna help you take your next step. Father, we thank you so much for your word, it's so relevant today. Got no more lies from the devil anymore, no more limited beliefs anymore, no more being held back anymore. Lord, as your children, we decide and we know that you want us to live a fully funded life, a better life than we've ever dreamed of. And we'll let you determine what blessings are. We don't get to pick that. God, just by being alive today, just by breathing today, you've blessed us. It may not be monetary type blessings, just knowing you that you are Jehovah Jireh, that you are our provider in all things, in all circumstances, in all situations, that we can trust you, that you will take care of your children. 
So Father, I pray that you, Holy Spirit, would break the mindset, the belief, the lie that holds us back from fully trusting you, especially in this area of our lives. We love you, Jesus. In your name we ask and we pray. Amen.